Um, <coughs> so the, Mark and Jane had asked me to share, and then I got the dates mixed up. <laughs> I thought I was speaking on the 25th, um, but it's today. And so I had less time to prepare than what I had originally thought. Um, but I had already had something else prepared that I had shared on before, and I felt to come back to it. And I shared it at the women's gathering that I had, so not everyone was there. But then I felt I needed to add to it. So I want to talk about boundaries. When God is cultivating a word inside of you, why it's sometimes important to draw boundaries. But then when you draw the boundary, then what? So you have this prophetic word. Or maybe you've already drawn boundaries in, in the past. Or maybe you don't feel like you needed to draw a boundary, but you have this prophetic word, and now what? And you've had it for a while, and you're still waiting for it to come to pass. And so I felt like God was saying to speak on the word contend, that sometimes we have to contend for the promise. So I want to talk about boundaries and how it's okay to draw boundaries when God is cultivating a word inside of you. And sometimes it's necessary, and sometimes it's vital. And so I want to share a little bit. Um, about myself, and some of you already know this, but I've had words spoken over me in the past, and I don't mean like a prophetic word, just people speaking things over my life. Um, and I've been told things like my gift, you know, some of the gifts that God has given me were only meant for me and not to be shared. Um, I've had people say that, because I also like to give actual gifts, and I've had words spoken over me that I shouldn't do that, that I give too many gifts away, that I shouldn't even have gifts at all. I've had people say to me, you should never talk about yourself, never talk about yourself, only talk about God. But, you know, our, we have a testimony, and God has worked in our lives, and so we have to share about ourselves in order to share the testimony of what God did. But I've had many, many things spoken over me. Um, and so sometimes there have been times where the words that have been spoken over me have sat with me and they took residence in my head and then they took residence in my heart. And then it caused me to step back um, and to back away from the actual thing that God was speaking to me. Um, and so if I had listened, and I did listen to some of these things that were spoken over me, and I took what God had already spoken to my heart and I put it on a shelf. Um, and sometimes that's what we do. We put it on a shelf because we believe the things that other people are saying. So we put what God said to us on a shelf, and it sits there for weeks, for days, weeks, months, maybe even years. And sometimes it never even ever comes off the shelf, all because we've believed what these other people have said to us instead of listening to the voice of God. And so... If I had listened to what some of these people had spoken over me, this last ladies' event that I had, there was about 120 women there. It wouldn't have happened. It would not have happened, and there would, what, there would not have been freedom and deliverance and healing and encouragement spoken into these ladies' lives. You know, they left different than when they came in, and that's always my heart. Um, but I didn't believe the words. I, I believed what God had spoken to me. Um, so I want to talk about Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue can bring life or death. And if we hear things often enough, we start to believe it. So let's say you're not wanted. Let's say you hear the words, you're not wanted. 
No, it's okay. I just put it down there. I'm done. (laughs) 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 This thing doesn't go over enough, so if I say it here, it's just going to slide, so just toss it there. (laughs) So let's say you hear the words, you're not wanted. You're not wanted. You're not wanted. You're not wanted. So what's that going to do to your mind? You're going to believe that you're not wanted. So if you hear the words... You're not loved, you're not loved, you're not loved, I don't love you, I don't love you. What are you going to believe? That you're not loved or that you're not lovable. Um, so the words, being spoke, the words being spoken over us can program the way that we think. Here's how it works. Words become thoughts. Thoughts become thought patterns. Thought patterns become feelings. Feelings become actions. Actions become habits, and habits are what produces life results. That's the power of words. Let me say it again. Here's how it works. Words become thoughts. Something is spoken to me, and I begin to think about it. Thoughts become thought patterns. I don't just think about it once, but I continue to think about it. That becomes a pattern. Patterns become feelings. Now I don't only think about it. Now I don't only think about it more than once, but it becomes... Um, I start to feel it in my body. If someone says, you're always angry, all of a sudden my whole body begins to feel angry all the time. Or you're lazy, then I start to feel lazy and don't want to do anything. So your thoughts become thought patterns, your thought patterns become feelings, your feelings become actions. So if somebody says, you're just so lazy, never mind that I had been sick, you're just so lazy. And then I just want to lay in bed all day long. And that becomes the action. And then your actions become habits. So it's not just a one-time thing that you do, but you begin to repeatedly do that thing. And then your habits are what produces life results. Isn't that, that's the power of words. One more time, thoughts, words become thoughts, thoughts become thought patterns. Thought patterns become feelings, feelings become actions, actions become habits. And habits are what produces life results. So words have the power to kill or create faith. So why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the truth, faith is produced for that truth. So faith is produced when you hear the truth of of the word of God. The word of God produces faith for what it promises. So if I'm hearing the lies of the enemy, then it can kill my faith. So, actually, yeah, never mind. (laughs) So what happens is we have to water it. We have to water our faith. And so, or we have to water our faith. We have to water the prophetic word or the word that's been spoken over us. Um, And what that means is being responsible with your words because your words dictate your thought patterns. And when you speak those words, are you watering what God has promised to you or are you killing your faith for it? So the other day I said the word was you are enough. You are enough to start a movement. And I said that to Renee. And, you know, I'm watering her word. You are enough to start a movement, Renee. And then she repeated it. And she repeated it over several times. And and then now she has that word. And what is she doing with it? She's posting it. She's being reminding herself of it. Um, So 
the thing though with the boundary is we have to be careful um, who we come around because people can speak things against what God has spoken to you. I feel like, can I raise this up just a tad? <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so we have to be careful with who we, who, um, who we let come around us when God has given us a word. People can speak things against what God has spoken for us. And God may tell, God may tell you that you're called to the nations. And he may say, I've called you as a prophet. I've called you, Renee, to start a movement. I've called you as a teacher, as a pastor. I've called you to operate in the gift of healing. I've called you to do great things. You know, any, anything, any of those things, or, or, or not those things, something else. Um, but others might say, I don't know. That doesn't seem like you to me. So we can share what God shared with, with us, and, and they can come back and say, that just doesn't sound like you to me. Well, I don't know. That doesn't sound like something that you would do. You of all people, and then they begin to tear you down. We have to be careful, and this is what I kept hearing God say, who we allow around us when God speaks a word. And just to give you an example, well, first, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance. If it's a substance, I can put it in my hand. That's what a substance is. You can hold it. So meaning if I have the faith for it, it's as good as me holding it. So I want to share a story in the Bible. You've all heard this story, Joseph. This is where he got in trouble because he didn't draw a boundary line. <laughs> So think about Joseph. Nothing could stop the word of God from coming to pass in his life, but people sure did try. Um, he spoke his dreams out. That's what Joseph did. He spoke his dreams out. He spoke aloud the realities of the word that he had received. And suddenly, people came to try to destroy his destiny out of jealousy and anger and pettiness. And now instead of protecting what God had given him because he had just told it to everyone, now there were others who were coming to try and kill his faith. So God said they were going to bow. They were going to bow down. And, and, and he told everyone that, you're going to bow down to me. And they said, who are you that we would bow? God said, I'm going to raise you. And they said, who are you that God would raise you? God said, I'm going to give you favor. And they said, who are you that you would have God's favor? You're just our brother. Who do you think you are? And then they kill the faith for the word. Sometimes we can become very weak if we allow others to speak things that distract us from and kill our faith to receive it. Many times that's what blocks the prophetic words from coming to pass. So we have to choose faith. We have to choose faith no matter what it looks like, no matter what the circumstances are dictating to us, no matter what the bank account is dictating to us, no matter what our family life is dictating to us, no matter what our health is dictating to us. If God promised it and you believe it, it's going to come to pass. So my word is walk in it. Walk in it. Boundaries stem from an understanding of who we are and a refusal to be denied as anything less than who God says we are.
But yet people want to come in and say, well, no, this is who you are. This is how I see you. That's not God. That's not what God says. So boundary, again, boundaries stem from an understanding of who we are and a refusal to be denied anything as anything less than who God says we are. And boundaries can look like many different things, and we can draw boundaries for so many different reasons. And some people think that boundaries are unkind. And because of that, they allow other people's opinions to define who they are. Be careful who you let around you when God has spoken a word. But then also, make sure that the Make sure that you are not the weapon formed against yourself that is causing you not to prosper. It's not always other people. Sometimes you're the person who's killing your own faith. It's real easy to say, oh, I'm this, I can't do this, I've tried it and I failed, and all these different things. But that is you causing your own self not to prosper. You're killing your own faith. You're killing your own promise by speaking the negativity and the lies over your own self. Because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ. That's all things. That's every single thing. There's nothing left out. And I don't know how many times we speak these words over ourselves, but we have to stop. We have to stop because God says we can and you will. Draw the boundary and speak life over yourself. So in saying all of that, then I said to God, now what? Now what happens? I've drawn the boundary. I've actually had a boundary drawn for a very long time. And I still have this promise. I still have this promise. Now what? What do I do now? And I felt like he said, contend for the promise. And I want to share a story about contending. Contending for the promise when I was in college. And to be honest, I wasn't even contending for the promise because I didn't even have the promise yet. I was contending for something that I wanted that could be a promise in my life. That's what I was contending for. I wanted you to tell I wanted God to say yes or no. Is this something that you could bring into my life because I would love this in my life. So I'm going to contend for this and I want an answer. Yes or no, God. So I was home from on a break from college and I was at at the house and I had this thing in my heart, and I was like, I want to know. I want to know if this is something that could be, if this is something that you would bring into my life. And I was going to contend for that until I got an answer. And I don't know, something rose up in me, and I said, I'm not going to sleep until I get an answer one way or the other. It's going to be yes or it's going to be no. It doesn't matter to me. I would like, it for, like for it to be yes. But if it's no, I'm going to be okay with that. If you let me know now, I can prepare myself for it. Yes or no, God, this is what I have, and I'm bringing this before you, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to go to sleep until I have an answer. And I was determined in my spirit. I didn't even know that, that at that point in my life that I was contending. I didn't even know if it was right or wrong. I just knew in my heart and in my spirit I wanted an answer, and I felt like God was going to give it to me. I didn't know how long it was going to take, but I knew I, I'm not sleeping. I'm not going to bed till I get an answer. It could take, even if it took days, I was just like, I'm not going to sleep, and I'm going to sit before you, God, until I get an answer. And so I prayed. I stayed up in the living room, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I cried, and I cried, and I just sat in silence and listened. 
And then I prayed and I prayed and I cried and I cried and I sat in silence and listened. And then I prayed and I prayed and I cried and I cried and I sat in silence and I listened. And it was a, on a repeat cycle for at least three, four, or five hours. Consistently, that's all I did because I already knew I'm not leaving here until I get an answer. I was contending, not even for the promise because the promise wasn't there, but I wanted the promise to be there, and that's what I was contending for. And when I say I cried, I don't mean I just shed tears. It was an ugly, weeping, travailing kind of cry. And then when I was all spent, I would just sit there in silence for a good while and just sit there with God, not saying nothing, listening if he, if he decided to speak to me, and then it would just keep repeating. And I would just pray and pray and pray, and then, I mean, the crying was so ugly. I don't know how no one in my house heard me. And then all of a sudden, it was like this, it was a big bucket of peace just poured right over me. It just went straight down me. And it was like, like if, you're, if someone pours a bucket of water over you, that's how it felt from my head, and it just went straight down my body. And I just was filled with such a peace. And in that moment, in that instance, I got my answer. It wasn't just there was a peace in my spirit. It was a resounding yes. That was my answer. I had contended and contended and fought and fought. And then God gave me the answer, and it was yes. Now I had the promise in my hand. It wasn't even in my hand before. I just contended. Could this, would this be a promise? Could, could this please be a promise in my life, God? I would really love for this to be a promise. And he said yes. And now, many, many, many years later, that promise is still in my hand. And I have not seen the fulfillment of that promise in my life yet. It's still right here. And then God said to me, you contended for what you wanted to be for the, prom the promise, but you haven't actually contended for the promise. And I was like, whoa, I've prayed all these years for the promise. I've I prayed for it, you know, whenever, whenever it was on my heart or heavy on my heart, and I, I've prayed for it many times, but I've not contended for it. I contended because I wanted it to be a promise, and God answered it but have not contended for the actual promise. So I would say to you, do not give up on the promises of God for your life. Pray until you get a breakthrough. Declare God's word of your circumstances and pray your way to victory. But sometimes in contending, sometimes praying isn't good enough. Well, prayer is always good enough. So don't just say prayer is not good enough, good enough. But when it comes to contending, prayer is, isn't always good enough. And sometimes even adding fasting to your prayer isn't enough. If you aren't contending through your prayers and fasting, there's a difference between just praying and fasting and then adding the word contending to it. It's a little bit different. So what is contending? Contending is when you get in a birthing position, spiritually speaking, and you travail in the spirit for the thing that you know is in God's heart to come forth. Contending is when you become aggressive and offensive in your prayer and in your fasting. 
It's when day and night and night and day you strike God's heart with your, inter with your intercession for his dream, which is your dream too. Contending prayer is when you don't just pray, but you also decree a thing in accordance with God's words, word always. And you speak it out loud, and by doing so, you enforce God's governmental decree over the earth. Contending happens when you will not be denied. Contending happens when you insist and demand that the Father answer your prayers and bring forth the thing for which he has sent you to war for. So God says to me, it's time to contend. I've had this for a very long time, but it's time to contend. Don't just pray about it. Don't just fast. But you need to aggressively approach this. Because it's not just my desire, it's God's desire for me. It's his heart, it's my heart, it's our heart for this promise to be fulfilled. And I don't know how many of you have a promise that needs to be fulfilled. I don't know how many of you need to draw boundaries in your life, but some of you do. And some of you need to stop allowing others to speak into your, your, your dream, your, your passion, your, um, your promise. And some of, you need, some of us need to stop speaking ourselves negatively over the thing that God has promised. Some of us are not walking in our promises simply for a lack of contending. That's what I felt like God said. Huh? Oh, sorry. And now there are three ways to contend, or three that I wrote down, that three ways to contend for God's prophetic word. One is keep the word before you. I don't have my glasses. I've got to do this. Keep the word before you. When we're believing for something, what do we do? We go to the word and we find a scripture to stand on in faith. We write it down and we put it in places where we can keep that word before us. It's how we encourage our faith and stand in faith for the promises to, that we found, find. In some way, when we hear a prophetic word, the first thing we should do is write it down. Then we should place it where we can read it daily. Tuck it in your Bible. Tape it to your mirror. Put it in your car. When you pull down the visor, there it is. Put it in a book that you carry around with you all the time. Put it in your phone if you're on your phone. Put it all over the place because you need to keep the word before you. And you need to review it daily and thank God for it coming to pass. Three ways to contend for God's prophetic word. One, keep the word before you. Two, stand on the word and declare it. We accept it by faith. We hold on to it and refuse to let it go. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. A substance is something you can actually hold. I don't see, I don't, I can't see it, but it's there, and I'm going to declare. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to hold out my hand. Here it is. I'm declaring it. So stand on the word and declare it. Refuse to let it go. As you review the prophetic word daily, also pray over it in the Holy Spirit. And as you do, the Holy Spirit will give you further direction on how to pray that prophetic word into the present. Whether the word of the Lord is for you personally or for a group of people or for the entire nation, you have the power and the privilege to use your authority in Christ. We have the power and the privilege to use our authority in Christ to command that prophetic word to come to pass. Number three, 
Keep number three, three ways to contend for your God's prophetic word. Keep the word before you, stand on the word and declare it, and praise God for the word coming to pass. No matter what you're contending for, praise is a weapon that can break any strongholds. Once, you set your, once you've, we've set ourselves in agreement with the prophetic word and declare, declared that it's coming to pass, then we need to praise God for it. Here's my word. I'm going to keep this word before me. I'm going to stand on the word and declare it, and now I'm going to praise God for this coming to pass. And as you praise him, you'll build yourself up in your most holy faith. Remember, we don't want anything coming in stealing our faith and causing us to doubt the word that God has placed on our heart. Praise builds us up in our most holy faith. We become so confident when we begin to praise God and thank God. That's what it does. It encourages us and builds up our confidence. So no matter what we see going on around us, we will be assured that the word of the Lord is coming to pass, that nothing will sway our faith. That's what praise does. So that's a powerful place to be where our actions are facilitating the words of the Lord and helping to bring his will into, into our lives and into the earth. Luke one forty five says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fill his promises to her. So I'm going to stand on that verse. I've got my promise right here. I'm going to keep the word before me. I'm going to declare this word. I'm going to stand on this word, and I'm going to praise God for this word coming to pass, and I'm going to travail. Now, I am going to go to sleep at night, but I am going to travail every single day until I see the fulfillment of this promise. And you all right here can be a testimony because one day I'm going to walk in here, and and you're going to see the fulfillment of the promise. I'm going to tell you all about it. I've been holding this for a very long time, but it's time. Now it's time, and not just for me. For any of you who have been holding onto a promise for a very long time, I feel like the Lord is saying now is the time. Pick, back, pick this promise back up if you've laid it down. If, it's, if you still have it, you need to start contending for the promise because it's, we're not playing around anymore. God's not playing around anymore. You don't, I don't need to be playing around anymore. It's time. Whatever your promise is, it is time to contend for the promise. And then one last thing. Sorry, I just forgot my passcode. Hold on. Second Corinthians one twenty. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. In Christ, and so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The New Living Translation, for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So I'm saying amen, amen, amen to the promises of God. And then this is kind of short, I'm done, but I do want to take a moment for you to go before God and ask God yourselves, is there something that I've put on a shelf? If there's, is there something that God has spoken to my heart that I've, allow, that I've allowed others to speak into and I've put it on a shelf? 
Ask God if there is. And if he reveals something to you, then please take it back off the shelf. Because God wants to use you in that area, and he has something for you that is so extraordinary and unique and precious just for you. And that's going to affect not just you, but all people around you. If you've got the promise already, but you've not drawn the boundary lines, ask God about that and draw the boundary lines. If there's words that have been spoken over you, then it's time to shut those words down. Words that I'm talking about words that have been lies spoken over you. It's time to shut those words down and, and go back to um, putting the word before you, your prophetic word and the word of God before you. Um, I mean, I, I just want us to take the time to ask God what we need to do. <laughs> so good, Crystal. Hallelujah. So let's do exactly what Crystal just invited us to do. Let's just close our eyes. Say, God, is there something that you want to put your finger on in my life and my walk with you? A promise from you, a word from you, a truth from you that for whatever reason I've let it go or I've put it aside. Just nudge me and remind me in, in my heart right now what that promise is. Or for some of us, it may be that there's a promise that God has already been nudging you about. He's already been fanning the flame of that promise. And he wants to reassert his lordship in speaking that promise to you this morning. So Father, whichever it is of those, we want to take hold again of your word. Like Crystal so beautifully demonstrated, it's a substance that we can hold in our hands and in our hearts. So we take hold of that promise this morning. I say yes and amen. We agree, just as Crystal was leading us to agree with your word. We agree with your word, Father. Now I want you just to picture whoever in your life has, whether knowingly or unknowingly, spoken against that promise or pulled you away from that promise or pulled that down in your life. I want to just recommend to you that we say, Father, I forgive them. <laughs> but I also break myself free. I cut any tie between me and those people that would bring me down and just distract me from your promise. So would you come and cut any ungodly ties there in our lives with those folks? We want to set a good, healthy boundary where we say, God says this. God has promised this. And I choose to focus on your promise, Father, and to not allow myself to be distracted or pulled down by those I've just forgiven. And then to close this out, I want to tell you that God also gives us people to stand with us for promises. Now, you may not want to disclose the detail of the promise. That may just be between you and God. But God has placed people in your life who will agree with you that God's promises will be fulfilled. 
that they will agree with you that you are a recipient of God's rhema word, his truth, his promise, his destiny. And that's how I'd like us to wrap up this morning, is just to get together in twos and threes and agree with one another. Yes, God's promise to you will be fulfilled. And if you want to share what that promise is, if you have a release in your heart to do that, there's someone you know well enough to trust them with that, then do. But if you don't, if it's something just between you and God, simply say, I recognize my promise. I see my promise. Now agree with me that God will do it. Because there's power in us standing together. And as you pray for one another and agree with one another, expect God to breathe on that. So faith is, comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema word of God, where God goes, yes. And you feel the breath of God on your agreement with one another. So let's do that. We'll break into twos and threes and uh, agree with one another for God's promises to be fulfilled.